Good morning and welcome back to Lopes on Movies, the number one rated movie show in the entire state of Delaware. That was Is not that a actually lie. true. Really? Uh, I mean, it's probably a lie. I, I made it up. I don't know if it's yeah, true. Well, well, it, it could be true. Yeah, it can. It can. It's. It's not a lie if you believe it, right, Kyle? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's how that works. So welcome everybody. We are here to do one thing and one thing only, and that is talk about one of the latest movie releases from the past week. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And Mark, in New York City, please tell me, how you doing? Eh. Oh, just, oh, oh. Ouch. Did you have a rough day? Yeah, a little. Nothing to do with this movie, though. Yeah, just, just work got you down, huh? Mm-hmm. That happens to the best of us and the worst. Gotta of get us. some, uh, yeah, get some Jim Jarmusch in me to get me yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing uh, raises the spirits quite like a Jim Jarmusch film. That's what I've always said. Everybody, we are here to talk about *The Dead Don't Die*, the newest film from the independent legend Jim Jarmusch. Let me give you a bit of a synopsis of the movie. The peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. As I said, it was directed by Jim Jarmusch, and it stars Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Chloe Sevigny, Tilda Swinton, Danny Glover, Steve Buscemi, and many, many, many more extremely famous people. This is one of the, the most stacked casts I've ever seen. In it's my one of those life. ones that you have to wonder if he's got blackmail material. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually crazy how many famous people are in this, but, you know. The, the opening credits are, like, 20 minutes long. Yeah, they are. They are. All right, Kyle, what did you think of this? So here's the thing. <laughs> how long is this movie? Like, hour and a half, somewhere like that? Uh, I think it was, sure. like, an hour 40. Okay. I enjoyed every minute of this one hour and 40 minute film, but I, I'm not sure why, which is weird. <laughs> I laughed at it. I liked the characters. Adam Driver was great. Ghouls. You know, As we'll talk more about that later. Ghouls. But it was a very bizarre movie, and I don't have much uh, Jeremouche like experience. So maybe I don't think just... we do either, honestly. Well, yeah, so you guys I, have more than me, at least. Yeah. So I've seen now, counting this, I've seen four Jim Jarmusch films. Oh, okay. So okay. I've seen Stranger Than Paradise, which was kind of his like big breakout student film, I think. Um, okay. way back, I think it was in the 80s. Then um, I've seen Broken Flowers, which was the first movie he did with Bill Murray. And I've seen Patterson, which is that recent one that he did with Adam Driver. So yes. there's, a, there's a little bit of a through line there. But this is the, so this will be the fourth Jim Jarmusch film mm. I've seen. Yeah. But I definitely can't call myself an expert, so I'm not going to pretend that I 100% got this guy down. Yeah. But, I mean, if this is like the first Jim Jarmusch movie that you ever see, I think... You're you're in for something, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie, but man, it was just bizarre. Yeah, like, I... every step of the way. Which is a weird thing to say, by the way, considering it's a zombie movie that's really oh, yeah. playing up being the classic Romero-style zombie movie. Yes. Yeah. It, it, if if you watch the trailer, especially, you get the sense that it's okay. It's a zombie comedy film mm-hmm. starring a lot of very well-known and well-liked actors yes so that that's kind of, that's kind of what you're expecting and i guess that's what it is yeah but i don't think it's the zombie comedy film you're expecting to see when you <laughs> no. you it's not funny for the reasons that you you might think it would be funny 
Um, no. So let me let me take a step back. Um, my my thought on the dead don't die is that I think it is a very smart, dumb movie. But I'm not sure if that's going to work for everybody. I think no. depending on various factors and who you are and how you're feeling that particular day, you'll either find this movie very, very boring, very unwatchably pretentious, or really, really funny. It's it's one of those three things, and I don't yeah. think there's any in-between. Not I, really. I found it very, very funny, but... <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a weird situation because many critics have been not too big on this one. They, they, and uh, the critics are way more familiar with Jim Jarmusch than, than we are, obviously. Mm-hmm. So for them, like they watch this and a lot of the complaints I've seen is that it's kind of, it's lazy. It's, it's kind of pretentious. It doesn't really know what it's doing. It, it just doesn't feel like a real movie. Um, mm-hmm. And on the surface, I definitely like, agree that it has elements of that like one yeah, of the I can first kind of see that <laughs> one of the first lines of the movie is uh like the, the adam driver and bill murray play police officers and they're they're riding around in their patrol car listening to a song called the dead don't die by sturgill simpson who whose name you'll hear about a hundred times throughout the course of the movie yes um and bill murray's like oh man this song sounds really familiar and adam driver's like oh it's because it's the theme song right which is one right of those like bat. those major clunker meta jokes that in i would usually find really really irritating but i think that this movie may be operating on so many levels of irony deep that you can't just take that at face value if i have my impression of your impression correct it's that this movie is not a zombie movie it's not a parody of a zombie movie it's the parody of the parody of the zombie movie (laughs) Kind of, yeah. That, that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at on this. The, it's... the thing I found striking is that, and maybe I'm a bit of a sucker for this kind of character writing, but it's it's basically an ensemble cast, and it's got that very punchy style of writing where you get the sense of a character within the first thirty seconds that they're on the screen, mm-hmm. and they don't really need to develop beyond that point. But you get that nice like, like ah. That's what this guy's about. And it's like this cast of really bizarre, quirky, almost like Twin Peaksian, but not quite kind of mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. where they're all just total weirdos. And most of them are really likable weirdos. It's just, it's weird to me because one thing that I always think about or that I was thinking about while watching this was, especially me, me and you, Mark, we were very into student films when we were in college in like yes. an ironic way yeah. because student films are often very bad for, for lack of a better uh <laughs> lack of a better way of putting it because when you're a student and you're trying to do things a, a lot of times the ideas you come up with are very very overwrought raw and, yeah and obvious and stupid and you're that's and not you, the to say obviously as a knock on any student film because no people of course need not. to get that out of their system like we did that too we made terrible, terrible movies, but it's really, it's, it's almost like a rite of passage to go back yeah, and exactly. look at them and laugh at them. There's a lot of things that are common in student films, and one of those things is making really obvious and dumb meta jokes, where, you know, for example, a character says, man, this movie sucks, like talking about the movie that they're in. Like, it's, it's one of those things that when, whenever I see that in like a student film or any film, it usually makes me just like instantly hate it. 
because it's so lazy and so bad and it indicates that they don't have confidence in the story that they're telling. But that's not the sense I get from this. The sense I get from this is that the whole movie is like a joke. Like the, the fact that the movie exists at all and what it is, like he gets this insane cast together to make something that is so unspeakably dumb <laughs> and and that you can't kind believe of what you're watching. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's... Like, like I said, like some of the critics were saying, oh man, this movie is just so lazy. It feels like it, it's half-baked. But I feel like that's the point. Like that's why it's yeah. funny. Because yeah. it's so it's so lazy and dumb. Like there's so many dumb things that happen in this and in writing that just feels really poorly that's like thought the point. out. Like, but that's like, the I point. I think one of the, the key moments is the pseudo meat cute that happens halfway through the movie that leads to absolutely nothing between <laughs> Selena Gomez and uh the comic book gas station attendant guy. Oh, that's my favorite Wait, scene, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That it is, is it's a great scene. The epitome. If you can't see that coming through in that scene, then I don't know how what to do for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it's hard to say beyond like it's very very not even dry. It's like so over the top that you can't see it as anything but the ridiculous farce that it is. Yes. But it's like it's a combination of that kind of ridiculous farce and this really like funny deadpan delivery, especially from Adam Driver. Especially who Especially like, Adam Driver. Like, that, yeah. that guy steals the show, and I think everybody He's so good in like, this movie. If, if you saw the trailer for The Dead Don't Die, then you probably remember Adam Driver saying "ghouls." Ghouls. Um, uh, I, 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 How maybe, could you forget? <laughs> maybe you don't. It's maybe almost we're... like a gargle that he says it. In. <laughs> maybe we're just weird, and that's yeah. <laughs> that made an impression on Josh, us. For this some might reason. just be one of those weird things that's just like it's an inside so, joke that we right. all agreed on. <laughs> right. I think this is the ghouls. The ghouls movie. Ghouls. It, 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 to me, it's so good. The thing that sold me on seeing this was seeing the trailer and hearing Adam Driver say ghouls. Ghouls. But the thing yes. that kept me to it is how knowingly stupid it is. Um, yeah. So, well, especially in that same scene where they belabor, this is like the first zombie attack in the movie, oh, yeah. and they have several characters march through the exact same two <laughs> shots. Yeah. And all give their impression of it. Yeah. And they're it's all, all the, the same, same impression. impression. Yeah, my favorite is like, there's there's two horribly mangled dead bodies on the ground and like Adam Driver walks into the diner he's like oh yuck (laughs) (laughs) in in a way that only Adam Driver can deliver that line and this is this is minutes after he's driving to the diner in his little like Prius car (laughs) he zooms up in his smart car smart car I mean but but the thing is like that's that's funny on its own if you take the movie at face value and as as if it's just like a deadpan zombie comedy. But that's not mm-hmm. the only level this is operating on. Like yeah. I, I don't want to spoil too much because I feel like the experience of watching this is something that you you really deserve to have mostly fresh. But just yeah. know that every time Tilda Swinton appears on screen, <laughs> oh, it's magic. You're, you're in for something that you're. You're in for something. Let me just say that. <laughs> yes. There's only one more, more more major point I want to bring up about this, and that's one of the other things that I think a lot of critics have been, been saying about this, and I almost feel like it's because of Jim Jarmusch's reputation, where they're expecting something more from this than what it gives you. Like A, a lot of people have been trying desperately to find some kind of serious meaning out of this thing. And when they come up short, as you're inevitably going to do, because this this movie is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, then 
you might have a more negative reaction because you feel like uh, it just it just feels like Jim Jarmusch isn't do isn't you know he's he's this is a an art movie that's a miss. I think some people got the impression that this was a downsizing movie, where in downsizing <laughs> oh, no. oh, they want gosh. you to feel genuinely bad that you haven't shrunk yourself to save the planet. In this movie, <laughs> why do you have to bring up that movie? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like that runs parallel to what is going on in this movie, where where if you actually take the uh, environmental message. In and of itself, at purely face value, you're gonna end up at some really weird places. Um, <laughs> well, that's my favorite thing. Though. Like the, the the premise of the movie, or like the premise of like why the zombies are happening. So there's there's like in the in a diner, they're listening to like a radio broadcast, and somebody's like they're talking about this thing called polar fracking. That like okay, so I guess that means they're fracking at the north and south pole. I guess that's what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. But a guy comes on the radio and it's like, don't worry, guys, polar fracking is totally not dangerous. <laughs> right. And then it's 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 basically implied on the news that this polar fracking reverses the Earth's magnetic field, which then makes zombies happen. Yes. It's that is so dumb. I love it. Ghouls. And just to, as one little final bit of clarification, just just so that you guys don't think that we're either underselling or overselling it. In an inter interview with uh, who was this? This was with Movie Phone. So Jarmusch was asked, you know, so you worked with Amazon on Patterson. Did you ever pitch The Dead Don't Die to a streaming platform? Because this movie is being released in theaters. It's not a like direct to streaming thing. Apparently, Jarmusch went to Netflix and they turned him down because they said, oh, you know, the, the script is a bit too sophisticated. I just want you to think about that for a second. And, and, and Jarmusch says, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever written. What are you talking about sophisticated? <laughs> All I'll say is that I love this movie and I don't know who I can, like, recommend it to. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, that's high definitely problem. the core I, of this. I, I, I thought about this where I, I loved it, but I have no idea who it's for. I'm not sure if there's anybody out there that will Guaranteed. dig into it the same way we did, oh, but I have to believe possible. that we're not alone and that this will no, this no, will no. work for people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it though. Go see The Dead yeah. Don't Die if you uh, if you have the chance. I, mean, it, I think it's still playing in, in theaters around here, so yeah, definitely uh, definitely give it a shot. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a moment to say, if you like what you're hearing, you can find us on Twitter, at Movies, and the backlog of all of our episodes is available on YouTube. Just search Movies. And please feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at lopesonmovies at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. We want your feedback, and who knows, if we like what you have to say, maybe we could even have you on the show sometime. Alright, now back to the movies. Welcome back everybody. In the tradition of this show, we are going to do something completely different for the second segment that we've never done before. And in order to do that, we are going to bring back our resident New York expert, Connor. I don't know about expert, but uh, yes, I'm in New York. Yeah, I guess that's really all I meant by that. Mark's in New York mm. too, but I wasn't about to call him an expert. Mm. Yeah, okay. One of the problems with living in Delaware as a film fan is that your options are comically limited there's very little to see and there's very little film culture in this state in general so it's kind of nice to be able to check in with somewhere that actually does have film culture every now and then so having this connection to new york city is actually great 
So what we're going to be doing now is Connor's going to talk to us a little bit about an advanced screening he went to of a movie called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which was presented by its executive producer, the famous Guillermo del Toro, and its director, Andre Overdahl. Now, this is a horror movie that's going to be coming out, I think, next month or in August. Was that it? August? It's coming out August 9th, August actually, 9th. surprisingly. August 9th. Yeah, very okay. soon. So... Connor, tell us a little bit about this this screening and what kind of interesting tidbits you might have picked up from it. Sure, okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, worth talking about since I, I went there, and it also included a uh, a live Q&A with Guillermo del Toro and Andre Arvaldal. So, uh, so that was kind of cool. So they've been doing it, as I've been reading from other critics, that they... they've been doing this all over the city in various theaters. So I think I went to one of the first ones. I mean, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I just thought it would be, it was interesting on so, some of the things that I saw. So first, I've gone to these things before, and there's there's a couple types of advanced screenings. There's the ones that are, you know, test audience stuff, mm-hmm. where it's there, they want you to see the movie, and then they want you to give your feedback with a survey, or sometimes they invite you into, like, a, a panel at the end mm-hmm. to talk about things, scenes that you thought were slow, fast... Uh, you know, didn't make sense, characters you liked, who you didn't like, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And those on those ones, you sign like a, an NDA, a non-disclosure right, yeah. agreement, and you can't talk about what you've seen. So there are some that I've even seen recently. Isn't there that, one that uh, you went to and the movie is still not out? That, and this was like uh, years ago? Yes, I actually found out that it apparently did release. It, it released only in like Ireland, and there's no way I can see it because Wait, I had so a... Can you... Are you still under NDA? Can you reveal? I, I think now that it released, I'm probably not. But I wanted to see it. I think the, the movie was called Say My Name. And it had aspects of it that I liked, but it had a very huge problem at the end, which I brought up. And in the panel at the end, I brought it up. And then the way they run these things, the person went, all right, so who else agrees with, with Connor here? Because you ever wear a name tag. And then every single hand went up, and it was also the it was the first one of these that they presented to an audience. So it had all the producers and writers like right behind, and right when that happened, you saw all of them clamoring around and like shuffling pages and stuff. So they were really they were really nervous about this one. Oh, that's so devastating. Yeah, it was like, and then it was like a year and a half later that they actually apparently released it, but it got buried somewhere. Like it's not you can't even find this on any streaming services. Nothing. Oh, that's a shame. So, I, I, you so told me if about someone it, can, yeah. if someone can find "Say My Name," uh, you know, please, <laughs> please send us a DVD send, copy. Send send something to the show so I can please watch it so I can see how, what they changed from uh, from when I saw it in the the first uh, go round. Uh, yeah, but there's other ones that I saw, like Juliet Naked, whatever. But that's not what this was. So this was like the other type of advanced screening, which is the hype train. This is the one where they want people to go so that they can tell their friends, like, hey, I saw this movie that looks really great. You're going to have to see it once it comes out. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought this was going to be. But then I went to it, and, you know, obviously it's presented by Guillermo del Toro, an Oscar-winning director, and the director that he handpicked for this movie, Andre Arledal, who uh, directed a movie called Troll Hunter. It's a pretty fairly popular... That yeah, was, uh, that was a fun movie. Yeah, it's a fairly popular uh, horror movie, which is why I guess he he picked this guy. So for this one, scary stories to tell in the dark. They only showed two clips. Two for clips the whole from, thing. for the whole thing. Two clips. That's practically Ma- stuff that you could find on YouTube. Yes, 
Wait, so yes. this, this is an anthology film, right? The idea being no. that it's like multiple no, no. stories okay, so in that's, one. Okay, so that's that's the thing. So in uh, Guillermo del Toro's when he just presented it before they showed like the first clip, he brought up that this story. I don't know if any, a lot of people are familiar with it, especially people our age. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scary Stories Tell in the Dark is an anthology book, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mark, you might even know this better than I do. Yeah, I was um, not familiar with for it. For some reason, they kept these books in. Uh, elementary and middle school classrooms uh, where I went to school and I read mm-hmm. through all of them at least like five times. The wow. the most striking part is the illustrations. I think that's what everybody remembers from them mm-hmm. more than the stories themselves. They're just right. these really gross, washed out ink drawings that are just really nightmarish. Right, yeah, so that, that's what Del Toro was saying while he didn't want to make this an anthology film was and i'm paraphrasing but you'll get the gist is that an anthology film is only as good as its worst segment i believe it if that makes sense so it definitely does yeah yeah and i I totally agree with that i was thinking of uh what i what i watched on netflix the ballad of buster scruggs like that had the the coen brothers thing right that's the most recent one that i watched and that it is so true that there were some segments that were very good but all you remember is like yeah, but this other one brought me down so much yeah, that I don't that I didn't, didn't of, care. Of right. So so that was it there was two clips. One of them is that they show was the big toe which is a zombie searching for for its toe, I guess, and a kid almost eats it in a soup. I don't know. Gross. And yeah. uh, the other one was uh, the red spot which is a, a girl has a zit that uh, eventually grows into like a giant thing that eventually explodes and spiders fly out of it. More gross. That actually yeah. sounds really familiar. I feel like I've I've heard of that one before. This yeah, so I think pe- people are probably familiar with these things just from you know reading it in school or whatever, probably or seeing the pictures probably mm-hmm. more more so. And I think that's what Del Toro was really inspired by was the images. I was wondering like why it just just from watching these two clips, it feels like this is going to be very jumbled. Mm-hmm. I was and there I'll, I'll continue and elaborate. I, what I was wanted to ask him. I didn't get a chance to was why they felt this would be better as just making one narrative story rather than just making like a like a Netflix series or something mm-hmm. or, or some kind of that, that could just focus on these individual stories. And yeah. based on what I saw from the clips, it's that this, there really are not that there's not much that much material there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's probably evident in the story. Mark, you might be able to say this more that. It's based on the 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 illustrations more that, that you don't yeah. really have that much material that you can use. I maybe I'm been, wrong about that. They yeah. they could stretch it out, but it's uh it's been quite a while since I've read this. But the stories go anywhere from like half a page to maybe like five or six at most, and this is like relatively spaced out print. It's it's they're really short, and they're just like there to get to the point and mm-hmm. gross you out or spook you or whatever. Yeah, right, and that's like that's exactly what it felt like. Like the red spot, the girl's grit, like you said, the girl's zit grows giant and eventually explodes into spiders. Like, that's a creepy image, but what's the story? Like, if I'm right. just gonna sit and watch this, this zit grow, grow bigger <laughs> until it explodes, that's the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you watch those, uh, you watch those two clips and you... You know, I, I Del Toro said he wanted to make sure that they were using a lot of pl- practical effects. You know, that's that's the the thing. <laughs> that's he, that's he, the, the new uh, yeah, the new fake way of of selling something. Exactly, and to me, it just looked like a lot of bad CGI 
coupled yeah. with mediocre preteen child actors, and it, which makes me nervous, which gets me into my next point, which is this movie comes out August 9th, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're trotting around an Oscar-winning director with the, the director of the film, they're giving everybody in the crowd popcorn, soda. They're putting a big thing on the screen while they're talking. They have the logo for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, encouraging people to try to promote this on social media in every way they can. Yet there's no reviews of the film. They don't have enough of... They, don't, they can't show any real story. They just have a couple of clips. And I'm telling you, these clips might have been anywhere from three to five minutes. They don't, I don't think the film is done. I think they're really worried about this. <laughs> So uh, in the yeah. old, it, it's but it's fascinating. Why would you? Because they, 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 one thing if they, they do it once where they bring Del Toro out, but this is an Oscar winner that they're yeah no like what is he doing wasting his time with this? It's it's really strange to me and like I could it makes really you foresee want, or not foresee, but I could really see Guillermo del Toro just being a huge fan of the books because he's very he seems to have. He's got those pet projects of his that he really wants to get done, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing that this falls into the same category of stuff like uh, Mountains of Madness and so on, mm-hmm. where he's just like, I just love horror stuff. I want to make horror things. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was definitely part of it. He de- he definitely had a passion for this, but it just doesn't. It feels like there's not a lot here, and it's very weird that there's you go on, you can't find a review of this. The only thing if you type in, like, to try to find something about this is other people, other critics describing their experience in the same thing that I was just at. Right, yeah. Where they talk about these two clips like there's some kind of masterpiece, but there's nothing to it. There's, you don't know what you're even seeing. But it's almost like these people are mystified by the fact that Del Toro is in front of them. And he's a great speaker, too. He's... A very interesting guy, and he really plays well to a New York crowd, also. Yeah. So it's, uh, so I guess these people just get, you know, mystified by it, which is why it. all these reviews are somewhat positive so far, even though they're reviewing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like they're reviewing two short three minute clips, yeah, like, they're, and, they're and then they show you the their, trailer. Uh, they're reviewing their experience on a QA with Guillermo del Toro, basically. Right. Okay. So. One other, another thing from the Q and A. So I was trying to ask a question. Other people got 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 there ahead of me, I guess. But there was a couple. Del Toro was able to create very good answers to what I thought were very poor questions. But <laughs> yeah, that's which like is what kind you of usually, the, uh, the advanced screening mo. Yes, this is, this it is. is really so, more of a comment than a question. Yeah, be. right. Exactly. So eventually, he got onto the the point of the state of horror horror movies. And Del Toro gave a great answer that was, you know, his whole career and when he was younger, whatever, he was always being told that uh, that horror films are are dead. Horror's horror's back. Horror is, uh, you know, you know, getting more, uh, get going, you know, in all these variations. Horror's dead. Mm-hmm. Horror's horror's back. Whatever. And he feels that there are still very great horror films being made. He he likes uh, a lot of the ones that have come out, but. He did see that there's a problem where he sees these directors, these young directors will come out, make make a horror film. You know, they can make you can make horror films for fairly low budgets. Mm-hmm. And they are just banking on getting enough notoriety and decent reviews so they get scooped up by Hollywood 
to direct their whatever next movie they want to make. Mm. Some big blockbuster thing, and then that's just they're in the Hollywood system. They become a renter director, and they just do that for the rest of their careers, <laughs> which he didn't use exactly those terms, and he didn't name names, but that is clearly what's happening in yeah. in Hollywood, too. Yeah, there's is, a, I mean, the whole phenomenon of you know taking a, a independent filmmaker who has made a couple of little things and propping him up to direct some big budget piece of crap is uh it's kind of yeah. the story of hollywood these days to me a, for a film that comes out in you know a month and a half right yeah just about and there's no film yet and it hasn't doesn't have a single review out there the, the critics haven't seen it i think there's a there's a there's a sense of worry there. That's too bad. Yeah, especially in a in a summer that hasn't been very promising for yeah. movies so far. So well then, I think that's gonna do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Connor, for your inside look at this disaster in the making. <laughs> well, it's gonna be really curious to see now. We're gonna have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have to see it now. Um, so thank you again. We'll see you next time. Ghouls. Ghouls.